Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast of the Sunday morning sermons of the Bullard Church of Christ in Bullard, Texas. We hope you'll be blessed, challenged, and encouraged by today's lesson. Good morning. We are so very thankful and glad that each and every one of you are here with us this morning. We hope that you have felt welcome and been able to worship in spirit and in truth and fellowship and enjoy one another and grow in the word as we praise God. We're continuing in our study on uh, Mark through the gospel of Mark, following the Son of God through Mark. And Mark, as we've seen, is Peter's firsthand account of his time with Jesus as he has relayed that to Mark, as Mark records that and gives that to us. And so we're following like uh, behind the camera on a movie set, we're following uh, Jesus around through the eyes of Peter as, he, as has been relayed to Mark and recorded for us to learn more about Jesus, who he is, what he taught, what he's about, and what that means for my life. Now, from last week, Jesus has just fed five, over 5,000 people. It was thousands of people from a few pieces of bread, loaves of bread and fish. And he took what this little boy had and he fed thousands and thousands of people. He multiplied it miraculously. He's just performed this amazing miracle after teaching these people all day. And then he immediately tells his disciples to get in the boat and go across the sea. They're going to go back across. And Jesus, Mark tells us, stays to dismiss the crowd that's there that just ate. And he's kind of holding them off and letting the apostles get on the boat. And then Jesus leaves the crowd and he wants to go up the mountain because he needs some quiet time now. He's been expending himself. He's been teaching. He's been healing. He's been blessing. And now he needs to have some time between him and his heavenly father. And that's what he goes to do. Now in verses 48 through 51, if you'll turn there in Mark chapter 6, is where we're at today. Jesus notices while he's up there praying, and Mark paints this picture for us in verse 45. He says, um, I mean in verse 46 and 47, that it's dark. Jesus is up on the mountain praying, and it's getting dark now. It's evening time. And Mark gives us this picture that the apostles, Jesus can see them, whether, whether because of his... Uh, uh, divine ability and powers, he sees them, or if he can see them with his eyes, he sees them out on the boat in the water, while Mark says he's on the land alone. And so Jesus notices then that the disciples are having a hard time rowing in the boat. They're having a hard time because the winds have stirred up, which was common in the Sea of Galilee, in this small area at the bottom of the mountains. And that wind would come rushing down from the top of the mountains and just go across the sea. And it would stir up the winds and even the waves and sometimes even without any rain. And they'd be out there struggling to get across. Then we see that in addition to that, it was sometime between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock a.m. when Mark picks up the story. So Jesus notices them first, but then we find in verses 48 and 50 
about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And let's stop right here because I want you to notice something. That there was a time between Jesus, the time Jesus saw them out in the boat and it was getting dark. Mark says it was evening. And the time between him walking out to them in the windstorm that they were struggling in. There was a gap in time. What does that tell us? that Jesus let them stay out there and struggle in the boat against the wind, not going anywhere, not making any progress. He let them stay in that struggle before He went out there and helped them. That's important for us to know that uh, uh, we understand that Christianity is not about uh, just Jesus making everything comfortable and easy in our lives. That Jesus takes away all discomfort that we never feel any threat or concern or worry or doubt or fear. That nothing bad really ever happens to us and we never hurt. That's not what the Christian faith is about. And all you have to do is read the New Testament and see what they went through, what Jesus went through, and what all of His disciples went through. So it's not until the fourth watch, somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m., the disciples have been out there since it got dark. And at some point the wind kicks up and they're rowing in place and you can imagine it's dark, the wind's blowing. They might not even can see where they are depending on the moonlight. They're not making any progress. They're tired. They're worn out. They're beat down. You can imagine how they might feel. And then Jesus walks out on the water to them and all the craziness of all of this. And what do they think when they see Him? They're terrified in the moment of everything going going on in their life. They just think it's a ghost. Like, what else could go wrong tonight, right? And obviously this is a ghost coming our way. How bad is this going to get? But as soon as they cried out, Jesus says, don't worry. He comforts them. He says it's Him and He gets in the boat. And what happens as soon as Jesus gets in the boat? The winds are calm. In fact, Mark doesn't even record that Jesus said anything. All he did was get in the boat. In John's record, when Jesus gets in the boat, they are immediately on the other side. This is an amazing scene that's happening. But the point that we need to see here is that even though we are Christians, we still have to live through this world In this broken life, in this broken world, we still have to live life through it. You see, sometimes, just like in this story, Jesus lets us stay out there and struggle in our struggle. Jesus lets us be going through what we're going through. And He knows that He's trying to reach us, but we don't always know that. And sometimes He will use our struggle in our life to get through to us what He's trying to get through to us. 
That's what he's doing here. See, Jesus knows that while the disciples are in the boat struggling in, against the winds uh, with the, the oars, that they're also struggling in their faith. And he knows that, and he knows what's ahead for them. And this is a turning point in the Gospel of Mark, and this is a turning point in their faith. Are they going to see him for who he is? Are they going to fully believe in him as the Son of God or not? And it's then that he wants to get through to them. He's trying to reach them to get them to deepen their faith, to strengthen our faith. And so maybe that's why you're still struggling with what you're struggling with because Jesus is trying to reach you so that you will see him fully so that your faith will grow deeper and stronger. Mark tells us in verse 48 also that Jesus was going to pass by them. That's interesting. At first it sounds like Jesus was going to try to sneak by them without them seeing him. That's the way I read it at first. That's the way I thought that it, uh, it was talking about at first. But when you look closely at that and when you realize what, what's happening there, if Jesus wanted to sneak past them, he wouldn't have gotten so close. He wouldn't even have to walk across the water. He could just appear on the other side. He was doing this because he wanted them to see his divinity. He was revealing his divinity to them. He needed them to realize who he was. In the midst of their struggle, he needed them to realize who he was. You see, because in the midst of our struggles in our life, we forget who Jesus is so often. We just look at the winds and the waves and we know how worn out we are rowing the boat and getting nowhere. And nothing's working out. And Jesus says, I need you to go deeper in your faith. I need you to get stronger. You see, this is what this really is about. It's a connection to the Old Testament, where we see in two occasions where God passed by someone, one of his servants. It's called a theophany. That means an appearance of God. That's what this moment is. This moment isn't Jesus is trying to sneak by. This is Jesus revealing his identity to the disciples so their faith would grow stronger. In Exodus chapter 33, God passes by Moses. He puts uh, Moses up in the rock and he covers him with his hand so that he doesn't see his face as he walks by because he says, no one can see my face and live. But as he gets, pa as he gets past him, he lets his hand drop and Moses sees the back of God. He passes by. That phrase is deliberate and intentional by the Holy Spirit and recorded by Mark, so that we would see that this is, as Mark begins his gospel in chapter 1, this is the Son of God. And then in 1 Kings 19, God passed by the prophet Elijah to help strengthen his faith. And that's what he was doing with Moses. He wanted Moses to, to grow stronger in his faith, so he passed by them. And that's what Jesus is doing here. Trying 
to reach them in one more way. The the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't enough. All of these other miracles and all of the teaching, I guess, wasn't enough. But you see, they're living through this in real time. They're, They're trying to make sense of all this in the moment. This is all new to them. And we look back at it and we think, yeah, I would have figured that out at the first miracle, right? We would have, right? We would have, we would have been all full, full blown in, no, no hesitation at all, right, in our faith. We would have been totally convinced without any doubt or reservation. Look at verses 51 and 52. Jesus gets in the boat with his disciples and the winds ceased. And Mark tells us that the disciples were utterly astonished. Why were the disciples so amazed? Why do you think they were so astonished at this moment? Well, if we stopped there, we would think, well, he just walked across the water and he got in the boat and the winds stopped. But there's a comma there. And Mark continues in verse 52. And he tells us, and Mark is the only gospel writer that brings this up. He tells us, They were utterly astonished, for they did not understand about the loaves. But their hearts were hardened. You see, Mark takes this moment and he connects it to the previous moment of feeding the 5,000. And he says, there's something happening here. This This is one story here. This is one Scene. This is one setting. Jesus is doing something here. Because it's strange that he connects this with a comma to their astonishment to him, uh, them not understanding the loaves. And he says, because their hearts were hardened. That tells us something about the disciples. He's showing us that they, they weren't opposed to Jesus. They believed in Jesus. They didn't reject Jesus like the Pharisees did, like like so many people did, like his own hometown did, as we saw last week. But at the same time, their their hearts still weren't totally softened to who he was. They, They still didn't totally fully see him. For who he was and all that he all that he is, and and they didn't fully grasp all of his teaching. And even though they saw him multiply uh, fish and bread and feed thousands of people from a boy's little lunch, they still didn't get it. And that's where we've got to understand that we wouldn't get it either. Because this is a lot to take in. And so Jesus is saying, There's, I'm still trying to reach you. I'm still trying to get through your hard hearts. And we've got to ask ourselves that same question. Is there something that's keeping Jesus from still all the way getting in and getting through to us? Does that make sense? Is there, is there something in us that we're, we're, we're keeping him still at a little bit of a distance? Maybe he's this close, but, but he's not all the way in. And that's what we need to learn from this. You see, they, for some reason, weren't getting it. But look at this. The disciples possibly could have still been struggling with uh, their view of what the kingdom of God was supposed to be. 
Mark tells us in chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, that when Jesus came, he came proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You see, the kingdom of God wasn't like what all Jews had expected it to be from the Old Testament. A, 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 a powerful political and military force that would overthrow Rome. That this Messiah is going to come and we're going to conquer the world. And we're going to be the world power. And that's what God has promised us. And that's what we're waiting for. And that's why Jesus didn't match up with that image that they had in their mind. And so many easily dismissed Jesus and didn't believe anything he said. And could it be that the disciples were still struggling with Jesus? I don't get it yet because... You're just feeding people out in this desert area. And you're, I see the miracles you're doing, but where's the kingdom? I don't see the kingdom. In fact, John adds to this the feeding of the, the crowd in John chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. Listen to this. When the people saw the sign that he had done, the feeding, the multiplying of the food, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is coming to the world. But look at verse 15. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Mark tells us he immediately sent the apostles into the boat to get them away. Jesus knew what was happening. Could it be that Jesus didn't want the apostles getting persuaded by the crowd who was so excited about Jesus and who was possibly trying about to just grab him and make him king and say, let's go, we're going to overthrow Rome, we're going to do this now. Because he knew the power of a, a giant mob and how that could have gone. And Jesus quickly gets the apostles out of the scene. He dismisses the crowd and he gets up on the mountain by himself to pray. We know that Mark uh, depicts things happening quickly. John fills in a lot of the details. What, but what happened when they came to arrest Jesus in the garden? Do you remember? John tells us that Peter drew his sword and cut off a soldier's ear. Do you remember that? And Jesus told him to stop in John chapter 18. And then in Luke's account, the disciples say in Luke twenty-two forty-nine, 49, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? See, they were ready to go to battle with swords. They were ready to overtake, to overthrow, to go to the death for the cause of Jesus. That lets us know even at that point, they didn't get it all the way, did they? They were still struggling to go deeper and stronger in their faith. Of course, this was a lot to take in. But God was trying to reach them. Jesus was trying to reach them into their hearts to help them to see who He tr truly was and to fully put their trust in Him. Not just halfway put their trust in Him. Look at verses 53 through 56. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever 
they heard he was. Verse 55. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Could it be that they heard how the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, how she was healed. That her faith healed her in that way. And their faith, they just they had that childlike faith and they just believed. They said, if I can just touch him, if he'll just walk past and I can get my arm out there to touch him, I'll be healed. We continually see that wherever Jesus goes, he was always trying to reach people. He was never afraid to touch us. He was never afraid to reach us. He doesn't, he doesn't care what your sickness is. And you say, well, I'm not sick, but, but if you only knew what I've done in my life. And Jesus shows us, I'm not afraid to touch you. I'm not afraid to come near. I'm not afraid to reach you. In fact, that's why I'm here to reach you no matter what your sickness is, no matter what your, your, your sin is, no matter what your story is, your past is, no matter what you've done. I'm trying to reach you. He gave His life to reach us. This was further proof to the apostles that Jesus was the Son of God. That He was who He says He was. They could believe what He taught. Are you like me and you wonder still how the disciples could miss all of this? And, and you just think, surely if I was there, I, I, it wouldn't take me so long. How come they couldn't just totally believe in Jesus? How come they couldn't just go all in, all the way in with their faith without any reservations after hearing and seeing all that they did? But the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, we're in the same boat they were in, aren't we? Because when life happens, so often the last thing we're thinking about is Jesus the Son of God. The last thing we're thinking about is Jesus trying to do something in our life. Maybe He's trying to teach me something. Maybe He's trying to strengthen my faith through this. And in the craziness of life, instead of seeing Jesus for who He is, we see a ghost. We don't even see Him correctly. We, just like they did, they didn't even realize that was Him. And they were astonished to find out it was Him. Don't we do the same thing? We don't even see Him for who He is. We don't even acknowledge Him to be the Son of God, our Savior, trying to reach us in our lives. And we get worried and afraid. And we just keep rowing in place. And we think things can't get any worse. And I don't think they're going to get any better. I think I'm going to be here the rest of my life. But that's not what Jesus wants for us. He wants to get us through to the other side. He wants us to realize who He truly is. To see Him for who He is as the Son of God who's reaching into our lives. To bless us, to heal us, to change us, to grow our faith, to strengthen our faith and make us who He would have us to be. Look at Mark chapter 8 though. The phrase that Mark gives us that they still didn't understand the loaves, the lesson of the loaves, because their hearts were hardened. That kind of, that kind of, I, I struggled to know, what, what are you talking about? I wanted to really understand that in its context. 
Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 4. This is, uh, Jesus has already, as we looked at, fed the 5,000. But then later, soon after that, he feeds another crowd and he feeds 4,000, doesn't he? With a small amount of food. And this is right after that moment. Look at verse number 4. In fact, it's, it's about to happen. It's the same setup. And Jesus is saying, well, uh, let's see. Do you have any food? And they're the, they're the, they answer in the same way. Verse 4, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Do you not remember what just happened? But they didn't. They still couldn't uh, grasp it. So they gather up some bread and fish and Jesus again feeds the multitudes. When that moment is over, look at verses 14 and following of Mark chapter 8. Now they had forgotten to bring bread. They're on a boat. They're going across again. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they begin discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And Jesus said in verse 17, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Have your, having your eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Verse 19, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000... How many basketfuls, uh, broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. And, he's, and, and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? You can hear there's some exasperation. He's like, how am I going to get through to you? I am trying to reach you. When will you listen and let me in. Jesus was trying to get through to them, to put their faith fully in Him, to understand what He was teaching, what He was showing them. That's what exact, exactly what Jesus is doing in our lives. And don't you think sometimes He's wondering, when am I going to get through to you? When are you just going to believe in me? When are you going to start stop? doubting and stop worrying and stop being unsure and uncertain? When are you just going to go all the way in fully, 100% faith in me? When are you going to trust me? You see, Jesus will never stop trying to reach us. No matter what, no matter how hard our hearts are, no matter how difficult it is sometimes to get through to us, no matter how hard our heads sometimes are, no matter what we do, Jesus will never stop pursuing us. But the choice is always ours. He'll never force us. He'll never make us. But He always wants to reach us. Jesus is trying to reach you to have a deeper and stronger faith in him and you know what your relationship is like with Jesus and right now and he's been working in your life to get through to you to help you grow in your faith what way do you need your, to grow in your faith what do, way do you need to open up and let him in 
Maybe you need the prayers of the church to just... I've been keeping him at a distance. and You see, because our faith isn't about doing a meeting together at a certain time on a certain day in a certain place, that's not what Christianity is about. It's something that's all in. that he's our, he's our Savior. He's the Son of God. I believe in Him always. Not just when it's convenient. Not when it's popular. But always. He's trying to get through to you. Just believe in me and forget about all the other stuff. Maybe you need us to pray for you. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus at all and you're realizing, I need to do it. I need to, I, I need to be restored in my faith to Him or I need to put my faith in Him for the first time. I need to be a Christian. You can be a Christian this morning because when you believe the good news of Jesus, the New Testament teaches us that when we believe, we turn from our sins, we confess Him, and we're, we're, we go under the water to be baptized and united with Him in, in the, in the resurrection, death, burial, and resurrection. We're raised to walk in newness of life. We receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And at that point, we need to be striving every day to live our lives fully in total faith to Him. Can we help you this morning? We invite you to come forward as we stand and sing. We thank you again for listening today. If we can answer any questions for you or serve you in some way, please reach out to us. You can find our contact information and more on our website at bullardchurchofchrist.com. If this lesson has helped you, please rate our podcast and share it so more people can hear the Word of God. And please, come visit as soon as you can. We meet on Sundays for class at 9 a.m., worship at 10 a.m., evening worship at 5, and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. God bless you.